Welcome back to the Everything is Lessons podcast, an inventory of wisdom. I'm your host, Ryan Curlbaum. And this week we have a very special guest, a modern day Renaissance man, Micah Whitson. I've known Micah and his wife, Mariana, since we moved to Boston in 2011. And we have grown together and raised kids side by side ever since. Micah is someone with immense creativity and dedication. His talent inspires and his work connects. Each project seems to demonstrate a passion for craft and a love of place. Micah's creative direction has led him through advertising and graphic design and even healthcare. He is someone who works a full-time job and then works a full-time job. Simply put, Whatever he touches reveals a kind of hidden potential, its truest form. And in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, Micah took on yet another challenge, the Mississippi State flag design, where his Great River flag was so successful that in fact he co-authored the final version. Yet another accolade for a person who lives beyond acclaim or recognition He works hard because that's what he knows best. He is a great person, father, and friend. Here is Micah Whitson and his lesson, Guard Your Time. Let's see what he can teach us. Here we go. Micah Whitson, how are you, sir? Good. So good, so good to have you on the show. Thank you for being here, man. I'm honored. You know, we we have known each other. I was thinking about it. Uh, You and I have known each other since we moved to Boston. It's our big 10 year anniversary this year. Do you know that? Oh yeah, that's great. We were established. We were established the same year as Old Try. I'm seeing it behind you in your background there. Nice. I I thought maybe you would put Curlbaum Whitson established (laughs) in 2011. It's all the same. You are my inspiration. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank, dude, thanks for being here. It's a decade of friendship uh, in the making. Um, you know, you are a, uh, a very well-known person in a lot of ways. And uh, many people listening to this will know you from one of your many creative endeavors. Um, but those who don't know you, I wrote this in the introduction. I thought I would just start here and then we can go into your uh, into your background. I said this, Micah is someone with immense creativity and dedication. His talent inspires and his work connects. Each project demonstrates a passion for craft and a love of place. Micah's creative direction has led him through advertising, graphic design, and now healthcare. He is someone who works a full-time job and then works a full-time job. Simply put, whatever he touches reveals a hidden potential, its truest form. And I wanted to start with that, Micah, as a way to say, um, that's a little bit about how I know you. Um, but I always like to ask this question to, to folks on the show is about, you know, the kind of abstract of your life. Like, how did you end up here in Belmont, Massachusetts? So to go way back, um, so I, I, in high school, got a copy of uh, Photoshop on a floppy disk and designed shirts for homecoming, <laughs> like junior year and, and really uh really enjoyed the process and then through college designed kind of bootleg stuff for 
uh, you know, or on bootleg copies of, of the creative suite or whatever it was called then. And, you know, trying to sell them to, to bars and, and different places in Mississippi. Um, and so then when I was at graduating college, I wanted to go work in, in advertising because I thought it'd be great. I was a business major and I was doing design stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, didn't get sent out hundreds of, of resumes and got zero responses because my work was, was pretty bad. And I was interviewing to go sell air conditioners or something in Dallas and was on a plane flight and saw a, a story about advertising schools that you can learn graphic design, wow. and, and, you know, essentially trade, trade schools. So I uh, got off the plane flight and uh, was, was like, I got to go learn to do this stuff. Cause if I sell air conditioners, it's, it's going to be a miserable life. So a couple of years in Atlanta uh, after, uh, after Ole Miss and then, North Carolina, got my first job in advertising. And then after meeting my wife, Mariana, two years later, came up to Boston because we just wanted snow. And that, <laughs> is, that is how we ended up in uh, in greater Boston um, in 2007. Wow. I didn't know that story about the air, the airline. That's, uh, that's a good one. And that's how you went to, that's how you ended up going to grad school. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a teacher who, uh, who had worked on there was like one advertising professor at Ole Miss and she always talked about the Hellman's account that she was on. <laughs> Not Duke's mail. And, and uh, Duke's before dishonor, man. Um, <laughs> she, yeah. So the, I mean, Manning's money must've been lousy in the, uh, uh, in the eighties because um, uh, in lousy in a good way. Like she was just always talking about all the great perks that she got. And I was like, what do you think? I look at my work. And she's like, yeah, you need to go to portfolio school. So I'd heard about it from one person. Got it. Uh, but I was like, who is, you know, who's this mayonnaise person? And so then the, <laughs> the New York Times articles would really put me over the edge. I figured they were trustworthy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I, um, you know, the format of the show, you know how we like to, to give a lesson. Um, the The second question I always ask is the same, and it's about, not only what your lesson is that we'll talk about today, but what is the history that really made that lesson important to you? Great. So do I say the three word lesson? Yeah. Great. You say it now. The big reveal. Guard your time. Guard your time. Nice. Your time. And that, um, so, so I've got a, um, so I, I read this thing and, and um, right around the time that my daughter was born in 2014 and it just really stuck with me around that time. And uh, so I've got a, a lead in for this and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll land on the, the whatever ending. Um, but it's a, uh, th there's this, this guy, um, David uh, Dushman, who is a photographer. Mm -hmm. and he, um, he, he had written this, uh, this, this is in, in one of his books, he's written like 30 books, but this is a, um, this is where that kind of lesson comes from. So I'll read it now. Okay, great. If, if life is short, then it follows that there is more to do in our brief, beautiful days than we could ever accomplish. It's said that photography is the art of exclusion. What the photographer leaves out of the frame is as important as what he leaves in. Mm. Within the frame of the photograph, every element pulls at the eye or pulls the eye. And though not every element demands our attention in the same way, there's only so much impact a frame can contain. The more the included elements compete for that impact, the less impact any one part of the frame can have. That is to say, the photograph is stronger for the photographer's ability to say no. 
Mm. The photographer who wants to move hearts or change minds knows that saying yes to all the possible elements and letting them all into the frame is not an act of generosity. It's a refusal to allow the most important elements to play with the strength with which they're capable. Mm. No one can do it all, but the pressure to try is paralyzing. And so we say yes to a million efforts that pull us in a million directions and say no to the most important things in our lives by our refusal to give them the time they need. But we keep saying yes because we want our lives to have impact. We want to make a difference. We want to love others. But what impact can we have if by diluting ourselves over a thousand trivialities and the tasks of others, we leave our work undone or done with less than our full attention and energy? Saying no seems so selfish, but so be it. Imagine, if you will, Ryan, having unlimited funds. <laughs> You'd give money to almost anyone that asked, wouldn't you? But now imagine you've got money in your pocket and no idea how much is there. How carefully would you give it away? Who would you choose to spend it on? And to whom or what would you say no? You can say no with a smile or you can apologize and you can be kind about it. But every demand on your time that does not serve you, your work, and the people and causes that mean the most in this world to you are asking an audacious thing when they ask, unblinking to take a piece of your most precious commodity. Guard your time fiercely. Mm. Be generous with it, but be intentional about it. Guard it the same way you guard your money. It is the one resource with which we have increasingly less to do our life's work and to be with those we love. Say yes to those things first. Woo. <laughs> uh Okay, one more time. That's David. Uh, David Duchemin. D, Duchemin. lowercase, uh-huh. uppercase C-H-E-M-I-N. M-I-N, uh-huh. And then was it from a book or an article? From a book. Uh-huh. Called something about photographs. Probably. That's all right. That's all right. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll Google it for you. Yeah, no problem. Well, there was a lot in there. Yeah. So, so tell me, so when you read that, and there's there you read the guard your time piece, does that just kind of hit you like a ton of bricks? Does you just immediately resonate with that passage or how did it, how did it become so integral to your life? Well, I think that the, um, that, that the, it, you know, time, whatever effort is, that's not right. So I, I, what I really like is the guard your time fiercely, be generous about it or be generous with it, but be intentional about it because there's this, this nice kind of, push and pull, you know, and, um, and I found that, uh, you know, people, we want to do good things. And so we want to, we want to help people and people will take absolutely as much as we are willing to give them. And, right. right. And people will continue to ask for it because we'll continue to give it because we, we see that there's, you know, we see that someone's appreciative of what we're doing. They see that we're willing to do it. And, left kind of unchecked, we'll just burn ourselves out. Mm. And so I think part of this was reading this 10 years into my career and just seeing that, that you, you really need to put some barriers and some kind of, um, you know, some boundaries on what you're willing to give, um, that you can give it generously, but that you don't have all of it to give to everyone all the time. Right. Do you feel like um, when you read that, and and I think you know it's such a powerful passage that you could sit on and just read hundreds of times. But I think when you when I heard you say guard your time, I've been thinking a lot about it 
And I think the first one question that came to my mind was, well, what are you guarding your time from? And you talked about it a little bit in the passage. It alluded to like, you know, it's not that we want to be stingy. We don't want to, we want to be there for our friends. But it does seem like there are competing um, forces always asking for more and more and more of us. And as long, and, and you're right, if we keep saying yes, um, they'll keep coming back. So, so who do you, for you personally, I mean, you read that piece and then you kind of took that bit of wisdom and held on to it. But then who have you seen like in your life you've needed to guard your time from that's become, you know, kind of important for you to always be aware of? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I don't know who it is that I'm guarding my time from. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have a pretty clear idea of who I'm guarding it for or what I'm guarding it for. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it really is in that um, in that passage of like y- your life's work and those people and things that mean most to you. Um, and, you know, and, and so I read this thing back in 2014. So I was what? 33 years old, mm-hmm. 33 years old, something like that. Um, and I was doing a, a little bit of a searching before this, just like, what is the busiest time in your life? Mm-hmm. And, and there are these two different studies, one saying, um, when you're 26 and one saying when you're 33, but these, um, so I think that those are, and I'll say for me, it was the 33 where just realizing that, you know, you're there from a career standpoint, you know, you're, you're kind of on the up and up, you've got, you know, so much to do, you've done some stuff, but you got so much more ahead of you to do. Right. Uh, You've got some money to spend. So you've got some, I, you know, some, some things that you want to spend it on and you want to spend time and do a lot of things. And if you, you know, don't have a family yet, or you do have a family, you know, still young kids. And and I think that, um, I think that that at that time for me was just something that was, uh, that was really just, um, kind of formative and helping me think through like, what, what, what do I, you know, in going into this next chapter into this next, however long, um, decade of my life, like what, what, what should I, be on um who should i be there for you know who right, who am i going to shortchange um and it's um yeah i don't know if that answered your question but, yeah. but it may have also been at the time and i might have, might have heard this andy stanley sermon around the same time but he was talking about um he was saying that we're 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 most um what was it about cheating right you're going to cheat something yeah, yeah, you're gonna cheat. Yeah, you're gonna cheat something. We have a tendency to cheat those people that are most loyal to us, right? Uh, through just you know saying, "Oh, I'm gonna give more time to my boss at work," um, because our family, you know, are, are understanding and they won't quit on us. And and it's so easy for us to say yes to something that is kind of temporary and mm-hmm. no to something that is permanent. Um, and so that probably played in a little bit too at the time that it was just the Venn diagram of this uh this thing floating in the ether and andy stanley and and <laughs> thinking through like yeah what what's a good use of my time right well and i think the way you answered it like from the first part was maybe the question should be better answered it's not what you're guarding your your time from it's who you're guarding your time for and i think that was well said and i and i think the um you know i was thinking about this too because you know there's this um famous steve jobs quote that's really similar I, to that um the passage you read earlier 
where it's from uh, his Walter Isaacson biography, where he's he's talking about, um, you know, he has this kind of iconic meme worthy quote that you'll see <laughs> everywhere, but it really aligns with your lesson about guarding your time. And he, he said, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Mm. And and that that quote in it for me has this sense of, you know, urgency and, and preciousness, if that's a word, at the same time, like, we need to be really intentional about doing the thing we're supposed to do, we feel like we're supposed to do, but also realizing that you don't know how much money's in your pocket, as you say. Like you wanna be generous, but you don't know how much more money's in there. And it's kind of precious every time you're giving of yourself. Um, and I just wondered how that how that hits you. Like, are you, do you feel that same sense of like preciousness and urgency with when you think about guarding your time? I, I don't know that I've thought about it with urgency in mind. And I, I wonder if that um, if that Steve Jobs quote hits us differently, you know, since his time indeed was limited and he's no longer here. Mm. Uh, I, I definitely don't I definitely don't operate as as if my life has an urgency. Um, you know, like I'm, I, I think there are people like you, for example, who you, you spend you spend your time. Um, giving back, you know, like you serve and you are really thoughtful in the way that you spend time with people. Um, and, uh, and for me, I'm, 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 you know, not, it's just a thing where I'm like, I will get there. Like yeah. I, um, I, I was looking the other day at like, uh, someone in our town that's running for elected official. And it was just looking back through his bio and just saying like, Oh wow. He's been, you know, a town selectman for 15 years but went into that and kind of went to like civic service in his fifties because he, you know, spent his, his, he, he did that early, I guess, you know, kind of like retired from law practice, but started to kind of give back to, to the town at a time um, mm. that, you know, I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll do that thing at 30 or whatever. And it's like, well, what a would I have to give? And two, like, I'm not operating with that level of urgency, but like, uh, but I do think that that preciousness is, is there. Um, mm. Like it's, uh, you know, where you, yeah, that you only have so many times to like hang out. You know, you only have like 12 summers with your kids or whatever before they move off to college. And you're like, wow, this is a precious time. It's, you right. know, tiring, but it's, uh, you know, th there's only like so few of them left. So like, let's make sure that when we're there, we're not also working. Let's put that stuff down. We'll get to it. You know, it'll be there when we, when we get done, but let's like spend this week their families exactly yeah and we we did this um we we did this uh parenting class recently and they were talking about you have like 987 weeks with your kids and if every week you put in a marble into a jar you would see slowly like how those marbles would accumulate and how little time you would have left and in a way it that's kind of what i thought of when i read of that jobs quote it's like the time is precious, but it's also urgent, right? Because you 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 have some things either in your family that you want to teach your kids, you have some goals in your work that you would like to accomplish, you have some things, you know, in in your your marriage or with your relationships, your friendships, things that you want to do, I guess. Um, but I just kept thinking of that analogy, like, and it's just like what you said. However many more summers you have with your kids before they go. You don't have summer with them again. It it's sobering, and it, and it's kind of it, and I think it underscores this idea of guarding your time, 
and just being super intentional about how you spend it. So I think that's um, that's really interesting. You know, the the other piece, Micah, that um, I think goes with guarding your time is this idea, at least for me, that's really challenging is about distraction. And you have always um, inspired me because of your amazing focus and, and commitment to what you do. Um, and for me, I feel like I see so many things uh, that it kind of it often will I'll get I'll, it'll obscure my view of like the purpose and meaning of my life in some way. Um, anyway, I follow this 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 guy named Austin Cleon out of um, I think he's in Austin, um, who's this amazing creative guy. Uh, he has a couple of books. One's called Show Your Work. Um, one's called Keep Going. And they're these like really quick reads, but they're these kind of mantras for creatives. They're really good. Anyway, he sends out this letter every Friday that I've been subscribing to for a while. He sends a quote in it or whatever. One of them was one I teased on Instagram this week. And it's called, it says, it's from uh, Amy Rosenthal. And she says, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And in other words, it's, it's, if you're finding yourself distracted, um, and in my case, I'll just speak for myself. Like I really get distracted by comparison. Mm. So instead of focusing on what I need to do or what I'm kind of what you were talking about, my time guarding it, I find myself comparing myself to others that distracts me from the task. And I guess, I guess I wanted to ask you if there's just a few things that if you don't mind sharing that, that tend to distract you and then how you kind of regain your focus through the lesson of guarding your time. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about when, when you say you, you get distracted, uh-huh. what does that mean practically? Like your work? Well, I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say uh, instead of, I'll just use it in the context of work. Maybe that's easier. I would say it's easier for me to go on Instagram and see other people my age who are running their own practice, mm. ostensibly killing it, doing amazing things. They have a family. They have a brownstone in Brooklyn. They're designing all this stuff. They've got this robust website. Why am I not at that level yet? You know, all those questions that kind of start reverberating around. Um, and then I find myself paying attention to that as opposed to like, why don't I focus on doing my work well? Mm. And little by little, build the momentum, build the portfolio, build the kind of credibility um, to do that job well. So I, I guess I was just wondering, are there things that distract you Number one. And then number two, how do you kind of pull back from that and regain focus to guard mm. your time again? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple of. I, I don't know how distracted I get. Like, I definitely compare myself to other people because I, I think that we all do. Um, I think, uh, you know, after having after having run a business for 10 years, yeah. um, each year that we continue to to go and just stay alive um, has given has given me more, um, I guess, confidence in what we're doing. Um, yeah. and, you know, we're not. And you, you see people like uh, um, other people who you know start after, like Oxford Pennant, for example. You know, they were we were like their first order like they were just some dudes kind of hanging around and then we placed an order of 400 pennants like what do you we don't know how to do that 
Um, it was because I'd been looking for years and years for doing it. And then we bought some, shared them out. And, you know, now they're like 50 times bigger than we are. And it's amazing. We're part of their like origin story. I've been like, well, great. Like they've, they hit the thing at the right time, but like, I don't have time to focus on what they're doing. And, oh man, I wish I would have gotten the pennant game or whatever. Right. Uh, and I think that's because it, to the, the other part um, of, I just read um, Proverbs some mornings. Like I'm not going to pretend like I am disciplined enough to, to get up and, and read every morning, but I think Proverbs is such a great book to constantly go through and just remember um, just, you know, if we're believers or if you're not a believer and, and just looking for kind of nuggets of wisdom, um, just that perspective of like, Hey, other people will do better than you. Like, don't worry about it. Like that's just going to happen. And right. you may come from the exact same set of circumstances and have the exact same amount of time in seat. And they may be like, you know, amazing people where they may be really crooked people. It doesn't really matter. Like focus, you know, on, on your job. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and so for me, I'm just kind of like, I don't, have, I just, I don't have enough time to waste spending time thinking about what other people are doing because mm -hmm. I've got so few hours to do what I need to get done. Right. Uh, that that's, that's kind of what I do is I just, you know, look at the clock and I go, I've got 45 minutes before I burn out. Like I just can't, I get, I get real stuff to get done. I can't spend time not doing it. So it, it may be part of that is I just fill my plate up so much that I don't have time to think about it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and I, and I think, you know, a lot of people would agree, I think so far with, they would say, yes, we understand our time is precious. I think in this conversation, I think it's pretty easy to say, yeah, we should guard our time for our families or our friends, you know, the people we love. But I wonder, like, with this intense focus you have um, and these really almost rigid boundaries you put in place, do you feel like you are missing in anything? Do you feel like you are somehow um, kind of losing out on some spontaneity either in life or in a relationship or in work or what have you? No. Mm. <laughs> care, care to elaborate? Well, and, and uh, I, probably subconsciously, one reason I picked this lesson when you asked the lesson is because uh, – my wife, um, for your listeners out there, yeah, all the globe. Um, my, my wife had uh, for my 40th birthday sent you know a request to people who knew me and you know words of wisdom or whatever. In uh, in, in Ryan's write up was uh, was essentially that question he asked, like, "Hey, man, really, uh, you know, love you. Glad we get to spend time together. Would encourage you to spend more time being you know spontaneous or or what something to that effect." Um, and uh, and it's um, and it was it was great to read, and I was like, great, I'd love to have this discussion with Ryan on the air in front of a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything because I think that there's um, a if I was missing it, I wouldn't know what it is because I just spend my time doing what I do, and right. so um, but but I think part of that, you know, the, the flip side of this is like guarding your time and being generous with it. Mm. it I think for me, having structure is what allows for spontaneity. And mm -hmm. so, um, so the kind of structure that I have in my, my life allows for me to go, if there is something worth spending time on um, that is spontaneous, I want to go do that thing. Like I want to be generous. I, I've got 
enough boundaries, enough um, discipline and whatever, make that time up. But, um, but I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't go like, what am I missing? I'm like, I am, do, I, I'm doing all the things that I want to be doing now. And so I don't know enough to be missing something. I'm not, and maybe part of that's like distraction. I'm not just looking at what someone else is doing to go, Oh, I wish I was doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally feel as if um, I, that what I'm doing is like, feels like the right thing. And like in this season of life, like this extremely busy season of life, like keeping that structure is the only thing keeping the boat afloat and, you know, all jobs going. And, uh, you know, apart from like trying to educate during a pandemic, uh, our children and kind of failing them, like everything feels pretty stable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, yeah. So Mm. what do you think? Well, well, I think, um, well, I think it means, (laughs) I think it means a lot of things. I, I, you know, I, I always have admired the structure because I'm a person who struggles to say no. And, and I think in that, um, I've gotten better at it. at speaking up because I know what it's going to cost me. Um, because I've been through it before, like I've almost burned out before. So I know like if I'm starting to feel that kind of pressure cooker turning up, I got to start cutting stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I think what you said in there is is really good about that the structure enables spontaneity and that the structure and guarding your time creates the margin. And mm. you don't you don't kind of redline out every day because you've had these focused chunks of time that you've carved out for all of your priorities that are all competing always. But there is still margin all around that you generously do give like tonight for example um but i but i also wonder micah like there's the spontaneity piece like where you're like creating the margin which i think is good um and really important but do you feel like you also have you know for that kind of margin time where where your time is you do allow yourself some unguarded time or you allow you kind of like loosen the reins on the boundaries you've set up for a you know kind of specific circumstance does that make sense like do you do you allow yourself to break from the structure that you've created you know within your you know within your time within your schedule i I think that the yeah no like i um it it may be um i think it's in one of your questions but maybe for uh for for your radio audience so um a thing that, that we did when our son was born four years ago was we, um, you know, I read this quote right before our daughter was born and, um, and I was like, Garmin time fiercely. Great. So I just would like, you know, come home every day from work at five 30 or whatever, be there to be there with my family, but wasn't really intentional about what I was doing. So I was always at home there, but then there would be nights that I needed to work and, you know, get stuff done because of, you know, having old try to do or, Nights that I just wanted to like hang on the couch and then my wife would be like, well, I've got something to do. And then realized after like three years that I was like there for my family, but not really intentionally, not really intentional about mm. what being there meant. Mm. And so then we, um, we, I can't even remember where we read about it, but, uh, but we were like, we should just structure every night of the week. Like that's, that is easy for us um, to do. 
Um, and so we have like three nights a week that we work. And one of those nights is a night that we give the other person off. And so we have three nights a week to work, two nights a week for dates. That's three, four, five, mm-hmm. one night a week for friends. And then one night um, for something else. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what it is. But we just like put those on a calendar. So on our fridge is like, this is the plan. And like, this is what we do every Monday and Tuesday night. Like we work. Um, and that, uh, yeah, so that, that structure is really great, you know? And then like, once we go on vacation, like we break that down and, you know, shut it off and don't do that thing. Um, but that's, uh, that kind of fully structured time serves, serves as well, like serves mm. me well. Um, and also like until the pandemic, Ryan, like every day for lunch for 15 years, I ate the exact same thing. Wow. Like, I don't have time to think about that because I just don't, I've just said that's, I'm not going to spend my time thinking about what I'm going to make for lunch. I'll just make the same thing every single day. Um, because that's just like, I just don't, I need that structure or whatever to keep the creative stuff loose. And so mm-hmm. it's, uh, so maybe it's this yin yang thing that like those, all that structure just allows me to do what I do. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you are such a creative person that I think for me, I've known you 10 years, that that is that makes a ton of sense that you allow the the kind of stuff that happens all the time to really structure that in a way that it becomes the kind of undercurrent. It's the foundation you never have to really think about. You're only thinking about the creative stuff or the kind of nuances of the week or the things that are unique that are going on because all the other stuff is just kind of, it's the same. So it's kind of, I mean, that's the, that's the, the, in architecture, the, (laughs) the folks who just wear black V-neck t-shirts every day, they're like, I just, I don't need to think about my clothes. I'm just coming in, in the uniform. Um, So I, I I do get that part. I've thought about going uniform during this, this pandemic lockdown. Like nobody knows, nobody knows I used to wear brightly colored pants. I can just (laughs) go full blue jeans all day. That's right. No, I, I almost have because you're right. It's just it allows you just it's one less thing to think about and you can just get into a, a more creative mindset quicker if you don't have to think about other things. So I, I that makes some sense. Um, you know, Mike, I, I didn't talk about this much here, but I, I do talk about it in the introduction about, um, you know, you're a person uh, who is incredibly um balanced in what you do. Um, you have a tremendous family. You, you've been tremendously successful um, in everything you've done. You've talked about advertising. You run uh, this amazing print business um, and in the old try. You found all these variations and kind of offshoots within old try to study topography and graphic design that you're so talented at. You've now you've recently become the creative director um, at a major healthcare company. And, and by all accounts, you are living a very full life. Like it, it looks um, as though you have done everything anyone could ever want to do. And I just wonder if if all these years that you've been guarding your time, do you feel like it it's leading you to something, like to something more? Or do you feel like there's something that you still intend to do? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think mm. there's... Uh, like I, I'm blown away that each year that you, you know, set goals for your year and you're like, here's my reading list and here's just the things. And, and you've got um, like, you're very kind of forward looking. Um, 
in, in the way that you're like kind of establishing what you what you value and in you know like pat, steps to get there. Um, and maybe this is um, I'm also a verbal processor, so now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, well, maybe wait a second. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe that that all that all of my structure is allowing for complete spontaneity because I don't like goal set. You know, I'm like. I designed the Mississippi flag, but that was not because I set a goal to design a state flag and like get, you know, my name on Wikipedia. That is an amazing thing to have. That is an amazing, like feather my cap. I'm so, so excited about it, but that's only there. Cause I'm like, I like, I, I don't have a reading list that I've set up to do. And that's like, mm. for right now, my, my work is, is the, the, I guess everything that, that, kind of life is funneling into in the way that I'm able to um, to leave my mark, you know, now or for the next five years or 10 years or 15 years, I do think is through that it is through creation and through like visuals and, 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 you know, building brands or doing civic design or, or whatever. Um, but that, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know ultimately what it's leading to, uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, but uh, like I was saying with that, that elected, you know, the townsperson thinking about like, yeah, well, I've got, you know, 10 more years of this thing, seven, seven more years, 15 more years. I don't know how many, but to then like start pulling back on that career stuff to then find other places to give mm -hmm. and like spend more time um, in, engaged in other pursuits. Because I think right now I'm like, this is, this is the time when like, I should be running hot in my career because like I got it going on right now. Like I, I, I'm not so out of touch and I've got enough, you know, I've been to enough rodeos to know how to do it well and to kind of squeeze more juice out than, than, um, than not. And that's what I'm going to do now. And I don't know what is on the other side. So I'm not really kind of actively planning for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess I'll see where these things all add up to. Um, and, uh, and then kind of, you know, I don't know, see which stream, you know, where, where the water is kind of moving and right. I thought it's going left and it's actually carving out this channel on the right. I'm like, great. That's what, what I'm here for. All those things led to this, to this point where, you know, it veered mm. and before it, um, but yeah, I don't have any kind of longer, I, I'm just not that, I guess I'm so structured now that like my bigger plan I'll figure out. Yeah. No, but, I, you know, the thing about the flag design uh, for the state of Mississippi is a perfect example of, of the kind of um, how the structure enabled something spontaneous to happen, that you you that you had, you were very intentional about your time, and then this amazing opportunity comes along, and you can kind of pour yourself into it unexpectedly. You had no idea that that was coming. Uh, you know, as you say, if you had a reading list, you may not have even seen the RFP for it. You may have missed it completely. You may have caught on too too late. And 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 that's an interesting point. I mean, that's the that's the kind of counterpoint to the resolution craze. You know what I mean? That's the no. I, I don't have a I don't have a resolution this year. My my goal this year is to do some just to do amazing work and whatever comes my way. Um, so that's an interesting interesting perspective for sure. And, and I didn't think about it till, till you know, this point. So there's stuff that, you know, in the kind of the this other part of my brain that I'd love to think I'd love to do. Or I'm like, right. I need to 
woodworking like my wife's granddad and we've got a lot of pieces around the house because he spent his time doing that and getting good at it but but he poured himself into that and his time into that and that's and i'm like i just don't i don't do that i like come and do work <laughs> in, in my you know in in the the field that i'm most skilled at but also that i'm just good at and not right. that uh take the chance to like learn something else. And I'd seen a thing earlier this year that was like, uh, be brave enough to suck at something, Mm. you know, like try something new. And I'm like, yeah, but that, like, I, I have so many things I want to try inside this field that I'm, you know, don't get it that I haven't been able to explore yet. That like, I want to suck at something new. I want to like (laughs) suck at something that I'm really familiar with. (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Oh, that's good. Well, I wanted to um, I wanted to end with one final question for you, and I, I like to make it a little more practical and turn you into a professor if I could. Mm. Um, and I just wonder if you could share a bit of advice about, you know, what you would say to someone. I mean, even me, I've shared a couple of my struggles with guarding my time. You know, what would you say to someone who does, in fact, struggle to define boundaries for themselves? You know, or what are some kind of, I mean, you talked about the schedule with your wife. You talked about um, the passage you read to help you really think about how you structure your work-life balance. But I wonder if you could just share, you know, either some advice or some examples um, that have helped you um, just practically establish boundaries and and guard your time. Yeah, well, I had... um... Unfortunately, I jumped ahead, so my answer to this question is embedded earlier. If you read minute 24, uh, <laughs> for us, a, a thing, or for me, a thing that really helped and, and a thing that um, that really got me, I think, to a place where I, I've, I feel like I'm having the greatest kind of impact that I can have in what I kind of care about now was, was structuring our week and just giving definite. Mm-hmm each evening mm-hmm. um, and that was um you know it's different for different people but we looked at like what do we value we value you know time with with our our spouses we value time with our friends we value you know i value the ability to kind of create and have time for work and then we have like responsibilities to do our work because we run you know an off the side of the desk um company and so like we've got customers that expect us to ship stuff to them. And so, um, so our week is just structured in, you know, set up to, to kind of tick those things off every night. And we just say like, that's what we're doing. And, you know, I, there are a ton of shows on Netflix I'd like to watch, but I don't watch them. Um, A lot of podcasts I'd love to listen to, but that requires time to give to them to really like think of them. And I'm like, I don't have time. I have time to, you know, come down and turn on some, EDM or fish just zone out and, and do the work. Uh, And, um, and so that, that helped us. And one of those nights a week is kind of like a a night that I just like do, you know, not old tribe, but I I leave open for like freelance clients. So like, do I have time for that? Not, not really, but it keeps me fresh and, and, you know, pushes my brain in a new direction and, uh, and, and lets me like engage on something. Like there's a, uh, a mayoral candidate in Mississippi that reached out on Instagram was like, would you do the graphics for my campaign? I'm like, sure. Like, I, I don't, I don't really have time for it, 
and like I don't really want to get involved in politics in Mississippi, but I do have that margin in my life to be like, yeah, one night a week I spend time. Like I can two yeah. hours and like I've been doing it long enough that in two hours I can do a lot of stuff. Um so so yeah, scheduling out the time was helpful for us because then we were just we just knew what we're doing. Um and then it uh, you know it gives us that flex. Um and you know, and, and if you value spending time with friends and you want to do that more than work, like schedule more friend time and less work time. Um right. I wish I had more than that. No, no, no. But that's really you, you asked the question in there that was really good. And I think for me, it's all about really answering the question, what do you value? Because that that in a way sets up the framework for however you structure. I mean, you guys for what works for you is every night is scheduled. Um and, and it creates margin when you have margin on Thursdays or whatever the margin day is. Um but I, I love ending on that idea that if you can define what your values are, that in, in fact helps you guard your time because that and, and, and what you said at the beginning, it's not what you're guarding your time from, it's who you're guarding your time for. And I, I think that is a, a powerful, a powerful sentiment. Um, well, I, hey, thank you for this, this conversation, man. Um, I really... You know, I, I I'm friends with you for a reason, for lots of reasons, but um, I, I just uh, admire the heck out of you, and uh, I just really appreciate uh, your approach to uh, everything. Really, I mean, I think your family, your friends, your work, of course, um, all are quite inspiring. And I, I wanted to close with this piece that uh, from your website, uh, from the Old Try website, which um, is such a special uh, sentiment. Uh, that you wrote. It says, um, I spent a good deal of time living in Mississippi and Faulkner said to write what you know. Old Try started that way by writing and designing Southern things for folks who have lived in and out of the South. Things that connect people to a place they go in their dreams or a place they can never convince themselves to leave. And I wanted to close with that idea about connecting people and connecting to a place because ultimately that seems to be why you guard your time, because that 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 ambition, at least in your career, um, is why you do what you do. That's why you have this this structure in place. It's this, you know, this purpose for you that that fuels the lesson. Um, and I think what I've learned just from this discussion is that these boundaries seem rigid. But in fact, they enable spontaneity and they enable margin. And I think that's the that's the real power in the lesson you shared. And and I think what it's allowed you to do is to kind of welcome these tasks or these moments and make them very meaningful and significant kind of marks on the world. So, Micah, thanks for being here, man. It's been uh, it's been a great conversation. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. We'll take care. We'll talk soon. See ya. Hopefully you enjoyed that discussion. Micah is is uh, such a talented and creative person. And just to learn more about the underlying structure the kind of framework for how he works, how he operates in life, uh, how he kind of 
creates this margin to be creative with a very uh, kind of formative structure, I just find to be really compelling. I mean, I, I learned a lot about, you know, why we should guard our time and for whom we should guard our time. And I don't know about you, but I just, I left with a, a renewed spirit to define my values and just to cherish my time. And I think that's true whether we, you know, schedule each day that may work for you, or at least we just are more intentional about developing a rhythm uh, for our lives. Because it, it is true that, that our time is our most valuable resource. And, you know, if we don't manage it, someone else will. So I was thinking that, you know, perhaps a useful exercise might be that, you know, this week you just take five minutes and you write two columns. And in the left side, uh, list out the five things that you value most. These will be your values. <laughs> and on the right side, maybe you could write how you intend to guard time for those values. And I'm just wondering if that simple exercise, what are the five values, how do you guard time for them, if that that could actually unlock something that you may not have seen, uh, maybe something you just weren't aware of, and, and offer a renewed focus for you, for your life, for your family, for your friends. So I appreciate you listening. As always, please reach out, share any thoughts you have uh, about these episodes with me on social media. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, again, please tell your friends, uh, like, rate, subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. Um, And we'll just keep this thing going. Uh, I think each week we continue to find more and more listeners, more and more people who resonate with the wisdom and the lessons and the stories. And I just love to be a part of that. So we will be back in two weeks with another special guest and more wisdom to share. We will see you then. This is the Everything is Lessons podcast.